The following program may contain coarse language, suggested dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. Welcome to another episode of the Toonami Faithful Podcast. I am your host today, CJ, and I am here with a huge group of wonderful staff members at Toonami Faithful. Paul Biscrillo, the founder of ToonamiFaithful.com. Alongside... Sketch. Joined by... Editorial writer, Vlor GTZ. With... Another editorial writer, Laser Kid. And also starring social media manager Celia Rose we did that like it was a TV show or movie I'm so happy I got to do that I love that Uh, I didn't give myself the title I didn't either I'm just the host (laughs) Uh, Sketch is the COO of Toonami Faithful and the main host of this podcast and as we were discussing let's just go with producer of the podcast (laughs) we could go with producer too he's the podcast poobah right now you know he's the he's the man in charge so to say and after (laughs) <laughs> I do too. Uh, and since uh, he and I discussed specifically this episode, because it's going to be an interesting one, uh, we both actually thought it might be interesting to have myself host it. Uh, I still won't know why. And you know what? I'm not going to ask questions, so I'll just take it and run. Uh, but today, we're going to be talking about a topic that kind of blew up on the internet. And I'll, everyone that's in this uh, podcast episode felt it would be kind of prudent for us to touch on the subject because. It's something that all of us have dealt with at some point in our lives. It's not a nice thing. And I think it's really important that, you know, being, you know, figureheads of a very, you know, prominent fan site, I think it's important that we discuss these types of things. Uh, We're not usually afraid to kind of tackle difficult issues. And so I really, really enjoyed that. Not only is it just the usual suspects with myself, Paul and Sketch, as well as, you know, sometimes with uh, Darrell when he's more available, but we have such just amazing staff members that really want to dive in and have a ton of things to talk about. And in case you've been living under a rock, first of all, I'm jealous. I wish I could join you so I could just play Pokemon and not have to worry about anything. But we're going to be talking about gatekeeping. It's something that came up when a Twitter user who I honestly have never heard of this person, nor am I going to repeat uh, who they are, their their following or whatever that is because honestly i really don't care <laughs> i i've never had interactions with this person so i don't care uh they were basically posting out talking about how if you've seen anime shows that are only you know super popular such as my hero academia dragon ball z demon slayer then you're not a real anime fan and it's a sentiment that's plagued the anime community for as far as i can recall and i've you know been a fan of anime since the early tsunami days so i would say at least you know pre-teens to all the way till now and i'm 30 years old and it's something that i think touched a lot of people in a in a way that i'm glad that they spoke out about it and so like i said we have a wonderful wonderful group of people who have nothing better to do but to rant about this on a podcast i'm super (laughs) excited i'm kidding i'm obviously joking with but i think it was it was something that I definitely would like, let's do this. You know, I know Celia Laser and V-Lord really wanted to. Paul was definitely all gung-ho about it, which I liked in Sketch was like, yes, 
Uh, just getting that, it was like getting, uh, you know, the attaboy kind of pat on your back from your dad when Sketch was like, let's do it. So I was, I was really happy uh, on that front. Sketch, thank you. <laughs> I the one uh, who brought it up in the first place? Maybe. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> uh, actually, was it you that brought it up? I thought actually it was V-Lord and Laser that did. No, it was Sketch. It was, was Sketch. It Sketch? We, me and V-Lord kind of went ham on it, but I think Sketch yeah. started it. Uh, Oh, it was like, I hey, thought... maybe we should talk about this. And then suddenly everybody's like, yeah, well, let's do that. See, I missed that part because I honestly only saw V-Lord and Laser and then Sealy join in. Paul's like, let's do it. Let's do it. And I was like, yeah, let's wait till what Sketch does. So apparently Sketch already said yes to begin with. So I just made things a lot longer than it needed to be on that front. Um, so that's that's my bad, clearly. Uh, but in any case, uh, for those of you who might not understand what what gatekeeping really is, it's kind of that sentiment of that some people have taken this type of quote unquote role on to make sure that the anime community or the anime you know fans are up to snuff too. And and what what sucks about that, it's not necessarily about a ubiquitous standard that everyone could find out. It's what their standard is, and that's kind of where we get into this thing of what gatekeeping is and why it's generally frowned upon or at least i hope our listeners frown upon it and so a lot of things that you kind of look at is like why does this come up with anime a lot and i'm not saying it's only with anime there are other types of mediums that get the same type of thing marvel uh video games you name it literally anything there are gatekeepers about it and i think at least from my type of uh, interactions with these types of people, I kind of get a basis on the psychology of why just to kind of explain and, you know, we can discuss through it. But the biggest thing is be- I think we see it is because these gatekeepers have some sort of attachment with the medium that makes them think that they stand out more than other people. So a lot of these uh, gatekeepers of especially like anime probably look down upon someone like myself who might like it because I'm not as into it, let's say, as they are. Like they could probably recite all the Japanese lines of, you know, some obscure series that only three people heard about. And if you can't, then you're not a quote unquote real fan. And because they have that sort of attachment to the medium, especially a medium as niche as anime was back then, they start to have this kind of sense of importance and like this this kind of ideology where they find themselves to be more important and like this bastion of hope to make sure that their medium never dies. And I'm sure uh, like Sketch Paul and Vlord can kind of or not Sketch Paul and Vlord, Sketch Paul and Laser, excuse me can kind of definitely see that back in the early days, especially with forums. And I'm sure others here could talk about that as well, but I'm sure you guys saw it more so than anything else when it came to anime. (laughs) I can definitely remember anime was a lot smaller when I got into it in the mid nineties. And when you found someone that knew what anime was back then, it was luck. Um, even online, it wasn't that prevalent when I was first getting into it. It was such a niche product. I think a lot of people, I, I don't know how best to describe this, but quote unquote of my generation of anime fans got it in their head. They were part of a small elite little club because you knew something special that nobody else knew. And so for a lot of people, You've got this mentality that you've, you know, got into anime. This is something special. 
I am therefore special for liking it. Now, and that that's where I think the disconnect happens, but then suddenly it gets popular. And then it, they don't feel as special, so then they want to shrink it down to real fans. And this is as old as time. I'm Mr. Old Guy here. I graduated high school in 2001 and went to college, and I was excited because they had an anime club. And I am a huge fan of Dragon Ball. And I had a Dragon Ball Z shirt on, and they're like, oh, well, you're not an anime fan. You like Dragon Ball. Yes, this was said. I promise you. <laughs> this was said. In because 2001. It's old. <laughs> it's old. Dragon Ball is old in 2001, guys. And as you could see, Laser kind of definitely went to the more personal part of it. But I, I wonder, at least when it comes to that type of ideology that is seen, as Sketch was saying, in 2001. Dragon Ball Z, you know, the mo- one of the most popular, if not the most popular anime in the U.S. was I getting believe that was that... the year it got its best ratings ever. Yeah. Well, 2001. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, geez. So as as obviously Laser articulated, he's talking about how certain individuals felt that something that made them stand out, something that made them feel special was quote unquote being taken away. And that the funny thing is, is that the anime was never really their own ownership to begin with. And I think that's where lasers looking at the disconnect where it's like, this isn't your thing. It's everyone's thing. But because the many people might've come to them in forum boards or wherever for recommendations, they might've felt that they were the ones kind of helping anime stay afloat when really it was going to happen regardless. It just might have been slower or faster, depending on word of mouth. And that and that's just, you know, through what I kind of see, because let's be real here. I don't think anyone could like gatekeep an anime series like a My Hero Academia now, like a Demon Slayer now. It was going to be popular regardless of like word of mouth or anything, just with the sheer volume of people that have just been flocking to those types of titles and droves like kudos to you v lord your baby is getting bigger and bigger by the day but i don't quite get it and i think it's something that a lot of us are kind of puzzled in only because you know paul and sketch started or not really well you know paul Durrell, sketch kind of are you know the founding fathers with jose to help us bring this tsunami podcast right to be able to report and tell us about tsunami Yet they've never been the kind of people that's like, oh, you're not a real Toonami fan if you don't know that, you know, Card Captors aired on it at one point or like this show aired on one. You know what I mean? You're not They're... a real Toonami fan unless you watched Woolen Warriors. I mean, I, I, tend, I, I, I tend to agree with you, guys, but no, 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 no I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. But I mean, all it's, two it's... episodes. I mean, oh, I, yeah. would, I would kind of start you ain't a fan if you haven't watched Hamtaro, you know, and we're we're obviously joking. We don't mean this. So please don't. Don't think that we're, you know, being hypocrites on that. We're just, we're just teasing. But you should just, watch Amtaro. I mean, that that's that's it's good. That will be another podcast that I will host. I will, I promise you, this will happen. This if only it was thing. legally available. I know, but it's one of those. It's one of those things where Paul, Sketch, Durrell, Jose, they never shut the door to any fan. They invited people to become Toonami fans because it would help the block. That is what gatekeepers should be doing. Not to say that Sketch and Paul are that because they're a lot nicer than you think. But it's one of those things where it's like the gatekeepers that you hear about are doing the opposite of it. The attitudes that they give, the snobbish type of attitudes that they 
you know, portrayed, there's like saying, oh, you only like the casual stuff. What's wrong with casual stuff, right? It, 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 what they do is they're pushing people away because you start a foundation on these casual shows, right? Like, I'm not going to all of a sudden throw in like High School of the Dead to a brand new anime fan. I am sorry. It is a anime masterpiece, but we are not throwing that in as the starter set for people who want to check out anime. You start on the casual stuff. And yeah, people are going to like them because they're more generic. I don't think that should be a real issue, but yet some people seem to have a big issue with that. And I'll open up the floor to everyone here. Uh, I want to start with V-Lord or Celia, just because you guys haven't spoken yet. Why do you think that people have such this, or not people, some fans have this type of adverse reaction to those who only seem to like the casual anime when it's still anime? I think a big part of it is a power aspect. Because really when you look at really a common thread in gatekeeping, in gatekeeping throughout fandom, and this is well before anime really even started to develop a community, like even going back to, you know, the 60s and 70s with like the, er- the early days of Star Wars when that came out in like the late 70s, I think. Um, and really sci-fi as a whole, that was already being split into whether you were into hard sci-fi or just regular science fiction. There's always this piece to it where because you know more than this than another person that gives you power and depending on who you are also depends how you wield that power so for some you know having this vast breadth of knowledge about different forms of media like like anime for example you can use it to welcome people into the community you can also use that to keep people out um and unfortunately not everyone has the knowledge to realize that that's what it is most of the time that it's someone trying to maintain power for one reason or another i personally think that it's an insecurity thing like if they have insecurities and this power that they have in whether or not they allow people into their spaces because they already have it um plays into that and kind of helps them not think about those insecurities and kind of puts them away Uh, And it's really unfortunate that not a lot of fans can recognize that. And sometimes that gatekeeping can be the very thing that turns them away from what they're showing interest in. Yeah, no, totally. Like, I definitely feel the power struggle with that. And V-Lord, do you you feel that it's for some, it has to deal with like some of these uh, fans identities are so glued to anime that they feel that they don't offer anything besides just that part when in actuality, they offer so much more than just the medium they enjoy i mean i think that's part of it i think a lot of it does come down to especially when you have these communities that eventually blow up there's this idea that these people want to stay special and by bringing in more people to like something say a show say anime in general you're diluting that pool um the one thing that really comes to mind to me is actually the demon slayer fandom since i was in it like pretty much near the beginning and when Demon Slayer started to blow up, I saw a lot of people like legitimately just stop enjoying Demon Slayer because they're like, oh, now the quote unquote normies are getting into this show. They're going to ruin it for us. And it's this weird idea where I think it's just so strange that people want to keep these things just tightly knit into like a closed circle. Um, rather than just letting people enjoy it whatever they way they want. 
Yeah, it's weird to think about too, and funny because like people classify these things like oh, casual anime. When when you think about it, Demon Slayer, My Hero, even Dragon Ball, they weren't big from the start. They gain followings, and I think like just automatically classifying them as uh, shows that people watch who aren't for real anime fans just like seems so trivial and dumb. Like <sighs> it seems silly. It does, and like the mental gymnastics that some might take to try to find their arguments, you know, about gatekeep, it just seems so weird. And it's just, I don't know, and I can open this to a lot of people. Do you think there's this kind of fear of change that goes with it too? Because, you know, anime now is so much more accessible, right? You know, like back even before Toonami, how did you get your anime? It was like VHSs that were like two episodes for like $130, you know, <laughs> instead of Instead of, you know, the crunchy rolls, the Funimation now. Only a slight exaggeration. <laughs> Only a well, little You bit. say that, you say that, but, you know, the VHS tapes were not. Like I would say were about for two episodes. 30, 35, <laughs> depending what you were getting, yeah. But still, but it was also, you had to find a Suncoast video or similar store, and chances were it wasn't near you. You had to make a trek. Mm. Yeah. You see, this is stuff that I, was, I will never know. And because fan subs on VHS, whoa. so i guess like this fear of change this fear of accessibility you know like it has to be wild and laser i I especially i specifically want you to kind of answer this too like the accessibility part of it has to play a huge huge part of why like gatekeeping seems to be more in the forefront of anime now than it was before it's considering what it what you were saying like what it would take to get these types of uh medium at your home Oh yeah, I um I said it before and I, I I meant it. I think for a lot of people, it, it either they made them feel special because they were you know having something that was you know relatively unknown, but I also feel like for a lot of people, it's it's fear of losing whatever it is that they felt like they had like a tighter knit community. But what I think, I think a lot of this is just maladaptive but i think people can be better on this and i like the positive side of this i really think if you want people to you know experience your more niche shows tell them about it i do i write random stuff and go hey this is a cool show and i think people can do that and use the larger more popular shows which by the way generally pretty good they they get popular for a reason see demon's lair uh then why hasn't Hamtaro blown up? Oh gosh, I can't answer that one, man. Okay, I wish that, I we'll save that for another day. One day, <laughs> yeah. one day people will learn. CJ <laughs> Hamtaro is a victim of time. It is. It really is. It really is because the way so we consume sad. anime now, even shows like Demon Slayer had its second year anniversary, and already people are trying to blow it off. It's only been out for two years. Hamtaro <laughs> was like, what? Over oh, yeah. a decade and, and that, that, that's, that's <laughs> my big message to people who are, you know, worried about, oh, you know, people diluting it. Why? We have so much more access now. And not just for new stuff. For old stuff. Old stuff I never thought I'd see again. Or period. That we never, didn't get licensed back in the day. You don't get something like a discotheque media if there isn't a huge demand. And if it's just a small niche corner. You don't get those things. 
And I guess I want to ask you, Sketch, this. Why is it that a lot of the people who do gatekeep, whether it be any type of media, you know, Marvel stuff, video game stuff, anime stuff, why do they seem to want these, like, very insular, small communities? Because I can understand, like, oh, like, think of it, like, in a sense where, oh, you know, we have our staff members at Tsunami Faithful. We're, you know... We're not necessarily a large group, although we tend to share our experiences through you know, podcasts, articles or tweets, all that kind of stuff. And even in our discord. Right. But like if you're in this type of if you're in a community and like you're all kind of crappy people, like what's the point of even being a part of it? You know what I mean? Like if, if I joined Tsunami Faithful and you guys were assholes, I wouldn't be staying. You know what I mean? So like why is it that these gatekeepers seem to have this kind of want of keeping things very very small like I, I i don't understand especially considering they might be the same type of fans who complain well why didn't this show get a second season well uh, only six people that you talked to actually watched it you know what i mean well first of all i think uh uh that uh various individuals actually like living in their own cesspools <laughs> Of negativity and such i mean I've, I've been a part of enough forums to say that yeah there's a there's a lot of people that like their niche group of idiots and they will uh try to adhere to that and don't easy really man <laughs> easy welcome people <laughs> into their fold so easily but uh yeah that's that's one thing but there's a lot of false narratives that these uh uh certain gatekeepers are are saying oh th- these are the good reasons why i try to gatekeep because it brings in so many toxic people and it it keeps out all of the activists that want to change anime into something that it was never meant to be and to that i say almost any community that becomes insular becomes toxic all on its own it doesn't need mm-hmm. new people to do it <laughs> it's going to it's going to toxify itself over time by not being welcoming to other people that's obvious you look look sure some people might come into a community after checking out one or two anime and think oh i want to be a part of this community and maybe they're assholes oh, okay but that that doesn't prove that all people coming into the community are going to be assholes and it doesn't prove that all the people in the community aren't assholes mm-hmm. because that a lot of them probably are but <laughs> the <laughs> it's it's as simple as that right I know, I know. they were like and even uh, on the activist side on the sjw side you you think you think you think that sjws are coming out of the woodwork because they just suddenly started watching anime are you kidding me no it's been around (laughs) no no anime fans are born woke (laughs) (laughs) that is the title of this podcast episode sponsored by wokeness and I just, there's the other side to that. Is it, look, nobody's asking for censorship. I just, all these people complaining is like, oh, it's just anime gets more popular. So all these companies pick it up and then they have to censor. It's like, it's like no anime censorship anymore. This isn't for kids, man. There's a little bit. I'm not going to say there isn't any, but it's really not something to be that concerned about. I mean, if you have a problem with an individual company for how they adapt things, I mean, that's one thing, but like Funimation's not trying to serve the majority. They're trying to serve anime fans for better or worse. 
So I was about to say, yeah, it it's not like they're trying to mold these things to be more approachable to a wider audience per se. They're just trying to adapt things however they think is the best way to do it. So, anime is so woke, we got Keijo. <laughs> but I wanna but I wanna then ask about this because like I, I think that plays a big part of why people have, you know, gatekeeped or picked up the mantle of gatekeeping, because a, a lot of people go to that Funimation dub of Dragon Maid. Like I see it every freaking time. And it gets so annoying to me because yes. They took some liberties and I understand not being pleased with them taking away what the original uh, meaning of things were. Right. I get that. But I was one title, one title out of how many. Right. But they want to hang their hat. Nobody cares about prison school. (laughs) Oh, no, no. I do remember just prison school. (laughs) But the thing is, it's it's such a straw man argument to me because they do so many anime titles. Well, okay then. Are they doing like three every simulcast after? And how many simulcasts are they getting per season, right? Aren't they getting like 10 or 20? So it's every, I don't know, 40, 50, 60, 80, considering how you can go down the list of these types of things. So I just, why is it that it's just like all of a sudden they have all this change, not even change, but they're fearing some sort of change when I already thought things were doing or like anime has been doing different things regardless right yeah yeah i don't but well, on the they, backlash was pretty severe when that happens oh, it hasn't yeah. really happened since and then yeah. they listened too didn't they yes they did they changed a lot of things so it th- shows that they are listening <laughs> i think one of the things that really gatekeeping brings up is that we're viewing this also as gatekeeping within an english-speaking community um, but it really brings to light the fact that, especially for English-speaking anime fandom, that everything is very Western-centric. So even though they're saying, like, we don't want these people coming in here and changing my anime, how dare they censor it? It's not even occurring to them that the censored shows are coming directly from Japan. Mm-hmm. They're censored because that's how it's airing on TV in Japan. Mm. You don't get the uncensored one until you buy the Blu-ray, which is uncensored. Ooh. Wait a minute. So fun. So Wait like show- a minute. yes, that's why you don't get to see your titties without highlights going across them or without cons- you know conveniently placed you know fog and clouds. It's because like that's those, how it though. appears in the broadcast, and it's actually it's one of my biggest pet peeves when hmm. people is- complain oh, about okay. like about censorship, and they're like, "I can't believe Crunchyroll is censoring this. I can't I believe thought- Funimation's doing this." They're not, <laughs> and it's not uh- because. English speaking fans are coming in being like, we want more, you know, things that are friendlier to um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't remember. Western sensibilities. Yeah. Or, you know, or really um, communities like to be more uh, friendly towards like, for example, LGBT communities and that kind of thing. When Japan historically has never really been kind to people within that community. but American fans can't change that because they're not even the primary market. So gatekeepers are continuing to promote this false narrative because it helps them feel better because they're only thinking about themselves. They're not thinking about the grander picture within the industry, no matter how much complaining American or English speaking fans do, they're not going to change what Japan is doing because we make up such a small fraction of that. And, and the gatekeeping discussion currently that was occurring on Twitter this past week really brought that to light. How 
the American anime community still really views itself that way, even though anime is significantly more global than it has been ever. And I also, mm-hmm. the the biggest thing I took for that, I thought Celia was saying she didn't like the fog or lights blocking the anime. I titties. don't. Wait, you don't? I actually do. I find that hilarious. I'm sorry. I, I, I love I'm it. I'm kidding. Look, oh, okay. I was well, if you think that's it. hilarious, try watching an anime that like pans away to a completely different scene. I right? love that too. It's funny. I find I think it the funny. Editing is and have I got I a like show not editing. to show you? <laughs> Wait. All right, you can DM me that later. It's fine. You can slide into my DM sketch. It's it's cool. I think I know uh, what it is. <laughs> I have a sneaking suspicion. And the fact I don't that like that show, and the fact that that show is streaming in any capacity should say everything you need to know about how we're not over censoring anime in oh. the US. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, The other thing is with anime becoming more global, the thing that people don't like is that that globalization seems like it's adjusting anime to like cut down on panty shots, give uh, more female characters agency, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's like, dude, if that's really something that you have a problem with, adjust your life. (laughs) Yes, I I tend to agree with that. I can kind of deal or do with without those you know like i said i enjoy certain like trashy shows like you know high school dxd high school of the dead you know those kind of things because i want to turn my brain off but i'm not advocating that like oh my god we need to push this like crazy you know what i mean i'm just kind of like you know i'm good i'm good i'm good i'm just i want to watch my deku you know break his bones but still beat the bad guy that's all i need and more charmian black clover please I'm, i'm i'm dying out here man and another really good change that anime should continue to do is better representation of people who aren't Japanese. Because mm-hmm. those harmful stereotypes still exist. And it'd be real good if there was a lot less of that. Mm. So then I ask, why is it that gatekeeping seems to be focusing on per- keeping the negative side of things other than the positive? Now, I'm not saying that like, these people are only negative and awful human beings because that's me. I'm not here to be mean. They're the mean ones. I'm, I'm CJ. I'm just, you know, I'm a host. I'm a host of podcast. Hey, look at me. Um, but why is it that they seem to want to keep, you know, all these, you know, influx of new fans out so they can keep kind of the worst side of anime in? Like, that doesn't seem to make much sense because I, and I look at it this way. All of a sudden you cut the market and keep things to be as, you know, kind of in poor taste as it is. Isn't it going to just go away? Like, it's not going to come to the U.S. It's not going to be as accessible. You're not going to be able to see as much as these gatekeepers want to see, right? Like, or am I crazy thinking this? I think the gatekeepers are of the opinion that if a bunch of American companies just stopped handling anime, that fan subs would come swinging back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh dear. They are severely misguided because so many of those groups, A, are no longer around, B... A lot of them work in the industry now. And see, no one has the time for that anymore. No. There's you know? way too much content. Not at least at the pace that like official places are doing now with simul dubs and simulcasts, you know? Yeah. yeah that's, I, that's the access that we have that we didn't used to. I definitely <laughs> think that you also get some nostalgia playing into it because like I can look back at fan subs and be like, wow, you know, I remember these groups and how fun my experience was watching shows. But like I had to wait one to two weeks for an episode for three people to do it and hope it was correct. You know, 
versus what we're getting now where you have professional translators who are still not paid probably at the rate that they deserve to be paid, even though it's getting better because there's an active discussion about it. Um, but you're getting episodes like I think Attack on Titan is on Crunchyroll within like seven or eight hours of it airing in Japan. Like it's really fast turnaround. Boy, you know, it's funny. I've never seen a fan sub in my life. Really? Yep. I God. told you I was very sheltered as an anime fan. I hit it and I never really was open to search for it at all. I was scared. Oh. I was scared of gatekeepers. CJ was a pure boy. I was. And then high school DXD popped up as one of the first things I kind of saw when I was getting back into anime. Boy, was I wrong on what that was about. Way to go, Funimation. It was One Piece, or it was Fairy Tale, One Piece, Soul Eater, and then high school DXD. I, I could see the progression there. <laughs> CJ's character yeah. arc makes total sense now. I hate yep. all of you. I am jumping off. I am. We have to off. go looter. No, please, please. <laughs> yeah. I'm, good. I'm, I'm good. I have my waifu games. That's all I need. I, I don't I don't need loot anymore. I don't even play. I've been just playing Pokemon. That's how wholesome I've become. I'm a good boy now. I'm a very good boy. Um, And I guess kind of to move this a bit along more so. Sketch, how have you seen this type of attitude in the Toonami community? I know I have. Because I've seen people saying, you know, only real Toonami fans do this, only real ones do that, yada, yada. And Paul definitely can chime in on this, too, since you guys obviously, you know. Oh, I'm going to chime in. Oh, boy. If you, I, 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 will, I, have, I, have oh, the I have the mute hand ready. I am ready. So by so, all means, why do you think people were gatekeeping Toonami when, in essence, considering, you know, you started this podcast and you started Toonami News and Toonami Faithful, you obviously didn't want to keep people out. You wanted to bring more people in, you know, the opposite. So why do so, you think people were trying to do the opposite of what you were doing? So let's, let's kind of move it a little bit back because we have to kind of take Toonami from when it started to, you know, what it is now. I would argue, honestly, that Toonami, during the Cartoon Network days especially, was kind of a block that prevented gatekeeping from happening and actually brought a lot more people into the anime community. Not that it doesn't do it right now, but it was it brought a lot of shows to the mainstream and put a lot of eyes on shows that you wouldn't necessarily be watching. Um, Big O is a perfect example. Uh, Gundam Wing, any of the Gundams for that matter. Um, I don't think people would have watched it um, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, naturally, like on TV, you probably wouldn't have seen that on TV if Toonami hadn't put it on. And what I'm kind of getting at is Toonami was a very diverse block. And, you know, Laser and Sketch will probably agree with me. Those were the good days when we when we had like a diverse uh, showcase of not just anime, but American action cartoons and shows that were all mixed together in a cohesive manner that made it just fun to watch. And, you know, you would sit there and you would be there, for example, when Toonami began, it drew in us older fans because as kids, we saw the Thundercats, we saw the Robotech, the Voltron. And by mixing those shows in initially with the Ronin Warriors and Dragon Ball Z and eventually Gundam and so on and so forth, you kind of were watching these other shows and then saw this other show come on and go, wait, what is that? Watch it for a little bit and go, oh, 
this is actually pretty good. I'm going to continue watching it. And then you get into that show because of Toonami. And so Toonami back in the Cartoon Network days didn't really do any like gatekeeping or anything like that. It actually uh, prevented I'm not, any I'm, I'm not sorry to cut you off, but I'm, right. I'm not talking about the block itself. I'm talking right, about right. I'm getting to that point. I'm getting to that point. So now what's happened with, with Toonami is, and this is something that I've noticed, and I actually tweeted this the other day, is that it seems that newer fans of Toonami basically because Toonami is playing mainly anime, which is, you know, for me as an older fan, I would love to have it more diverse. Um, these newer fans, and I'm not saying everybody does it, but if a show that's not an anime shows up on the block, it's immediately, I'm not watching Toonami. I'm not watching it because I'm, it's not an I'm anime. Not, I'm not following. What's, I'm sorry. Like, so, I'm, I'm so, honestly not following here. Sorry. So, so like, if, if you've noticed... And I, I mean, we all, some, most of us on this podcast have access to, to Twitter, for example. Um, you'll see, like, for example, um, you'll see shows like um, Game of Seta come on. And instead of people being like, oh, I'm going to watch this show. No, this doesn't belong on Toonami. This isn't what Toonami is. Only anime is supposed to be on here. You're wrong for playing this. We've all seen that. And to me, you know, that kind of gatekeeping needs to stop in the sense that you can't just say that, well, this show deserves to be on the block and this show doesn't. I mean, if I have to pull out the definition of what Toonami is, which is an action cartoon block, then you're not really understanding what the core of Toonami is, you know? Is this gatekeeping or is this just having a crappy take? See, that, that's where I'm kind of like getting lost here. Cause I, I feel like it's gatekeeping because it's just it's, like it's gatekeeping more like, what can be on Toonami. Right. I, that's what I'm I, trying to get at. Okay. Not, I, I see that. Really it, just, it, feels, it feels different from what I'm kind of at least was steering the conversation at least. Because like from what I was at least getting into. So I, I thank you, Sketch, too, for kind of cluing me because I was a little lost there. No, you know, just saying. Um, I'm talking about like how people seem to go about like gatekeeping the tsunami block itself more so than the actual programming part, right? Because if there's one thing I've noticed when it comes to like gatekeeping, especially for tsunami, it's like, oh, you didn't watch the Cartoon Network days, you ain't a real fan, you know, that type of gatekeeping is what I was kind of looking at. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I honestly want to say. I don't see, and maybe I'm wrong about this sketch and laser can kind of, can kind of chime in if I'm wrong, but I don't think I've seen very much of that. Surprisingly. No, I I wouldn't, I would even say that there isn't much of that either, but I've known it happened. That's, that's what I'm kind of saying. Like, and this is, this is kind of the picture I'm painting, right? Where you had people who were like that, right? Especially when Toonami came back, you know, everyone was super hyped about, you know, all the podcasts, everything, everything. Right. And but then you would have people who's like, hey, if you're you know, since you weren't down with day one, that's why Toonami left. You know, only real fans can have it back. Yeah, but instead, I mean, but instead you did a wonderful thing with Jose and Darrell and Sketch. You did the opposite of what those types of fans would do. You invited more people. You were spreading Toonami's name like it was gospel and made sure that everybody and every corner knew it came back. You know, 
you did the exact opposite. You weren't creating an insular type of thing. You were actually building a community that helped uh, help stabilize the block in its early days. I wanted, to, and that's why I'm like asking. That's why I thought that like having you and Sketch on here was super super important. You guys did the opposite. Do you know how different things could be if you were had the same mentality? as these gatekeepers are do you realize how important it was that you two were as inviting as you were when it came to the internet and social media side of toonami like i i really think it might be a little lost on you guys like you guys really did a wonderful thing that probably helped keep the block going from its early days like it's the complete opposite and that's why i think it's so important that we talk about this subject because like i said gatekeepers who are like trying to push anime fans out they're probably hurting the, the industry they love more than anything when you right. guys who love the industry help cultivate and create something that's so lasting and beautiful. I mean, I would say that we helped it along to where, you know, we got, maybe we got more people to see that Toonami not only was back, but was, I mean, well, we still get people today. Toonami's still Toonami's I know, back? I know, I know. Like, <laughs> oh my god. I know, I know. Oh my but god. I, but, I, but seriously, I, I mean this, you know, from the bottom of my heart. You, you, Jose, Darrell, Sketch, Jim, you guys did such a great job. Like, seriously. And like to the point where Steve Bloom is like, you guys help save us. You know what I'm saying? Like, that means something. You guys didn't be gatekeeping assholes about this. You guys, you guys opened it. You guys right. opened it up. And I just, like I said, like considering what Toonami stands for, what the block means to people, I, can't, I just don't, I can't fathom that people would go the opposite way of what you two did. Or just you two on the podcast. Obviously, you know, Jose, Darrell, and Jim get a lot of credit as well. Right. Well, you know, I mean, I can definitely, I, I think I see where you're going with this. I mean, it, it's, there is, there was in the beginning kind of this, I would say this, like when we initially started the website, there was kind of this, like what gives you the right to do this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. That I can see that as a form of gatekeeping too, because of others who might think that what they do to help promote the block might be better. Absolutely. You know right. what I mean? Cause that, that's, that's what at, at its core, why we do this. We do this because we, we love what we do. I mean, it's not about money. If this was about money, I think all of us wouldn't be here, you know? <laughs> I, I hate to say that, stats. but that's the, <laughs> that's 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 the point. Like, I mean, if you if you don't do it for love, then you don't you don't do this at all. You know, right. like you know, that's and, what it is. And I get I get your point at least when it comes to the gatekeeping of certain types of media to put on the block. And like right. I said, that that's a different you know that's a that's a form of it. You know, we can talk about different forms of gatekeeping because it we had a whole podcast about what's a tsunami show exactly yeah. well, and, and, that, and, and see that's the problem is that you have to do that to explain to people that hey tsunami is diverse it doesn't just mean anime and that's kind of when you have to go and do a show to explain to people hey yes this insert show can be on tsunami there's kind of a problem that needs right. to be addressed, and, you know? And I, I think it's more so on the fact that, like, okay, it's not for you. You shouldn't, you know, gatekeep of, like, hey, only support the anime, not the, you know, other stuff. I That's mm -hmm. that, that's harmful, too. That definitely isn't. I, I definitely don't agree with either. And I could say this. 
Beth Beats wasn't necessarily for me. It was a trip, and I'm and you know I'm super happy that I got a chance to be you know spot have a spotlight on with Toonami, right? Ball Masters also another thing where I'm like, wait, what is this wild ass shit? But it's it's different, you know. Instead of you know gatekeeping saying, hey, we only here to support what real Toonami fans want, anime. It's like, eh, I I don't know about that one, Chief. You know, it's it's one of those things where. I've never been a fan of that type of mentality because I think when you start doing things like that, you then start to do like, Hey, only real fans can like the, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, I feel like it becomes like a building block that you're kind of going. Um, And, and, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, in that kind of instance, okay, if you don't like watching the show, you can say, I don't like this show. I'm probably not going to watch it. But that doesn't mean that you take it a step further and go, this is trash, when you even haven't even seen one episode of it. Um, well, that, that definitely falls under shitty take. Kind of right, so, right. Or is that a gatekeeper? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, shitty take, whatever. But, you know... It, no, I, 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 I'm kind of being playful with my words. Right, that. right. And it, it, just, it, just, it just kind of gets back to, like, you know... And for anybody that, that runs, a, runs a fan site, you look, at the, you look at your social media sometimes and you're just like, you roll your eyes at some of these comments because it's just like... Trust me, I hear serious <laughs> sighs every time. Every time. Yeah. Like, well, actually, speaking of that, like a really, I think a good example of gate- gatekeeping behaviors with regard to Tanami was actually when Tom's speech about Black Lives Matter went up on our Twitter yeah. page. Mm-hmm. And we posted mm-hmm. that and the massive response from people like there was I actually think it was just about an equal size response on both sides. People who were amazed at this video and this speech and were so thankful for it and and just in love with what Toonami had put out there. And then people who were like, what the hell are you doing putting politics in my anime? Yeah. Which, which to me, my to me, I'm like, surprise, bitches. Politics have been in your anime the whole time. They've just been Japanese and you didn't notice. <laughs> you, you know, Gundam, Gundam Wing. You mean Tom, the guy that says, "Don't be a bully," says, "Don't be a racist." I'm shocked, <laughs> right? I mean, but I think that's a really great example of that. Is that there were people who were like, "Wait, this is a different perspective in this thing that I like." Like, it's, it kind of goes back to that insular community aspect, mm-hmm. where people who are watching, even though they enjoy Toonami the same as other people, but then there's this perspective coming in. They're like, I don't want this in my community. Well, you know, and whether or not you think that stance mm. is okay is, you know, is very personal, but that I think really explained a lot of the strong negative response to that speech right. as well. I mean, I you mean, know, not got... just, not just that there are people who were racist and being like, why are you calling me out? But also because there are people that were like, <laughs> Hey, you know, I don't want this coming into my entertainment. I want to keep this out because I don't want to think about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. I have a fame, I have a very I have a quote that I always love to bring up since and I wrote about, you know, the politics and anime type of argument because they've always been in it. You look at Gundam series, you look at Attack on Titan, you look at Kill a Kill. Freaking Kill a Kill when they have anime titties and talks about fascism. It has everything. Um my favorite thing that I'd like to, you know, reply with people who are like, I don't want politics anime is like you either didn't realize that they were always in it. So you were too dumb to notice or you're just being woefully ignorant and are choosing mm-hmm. to ignore it. Choose your fighter because either one is not a very good one. <laughs> and that's kind of how I go with it. Right. And I'm glad that you were able to kind of, you know connect the dot so to say when it comes to that insular part because i do think that mm-hmm. kind of plays in plays in part where they feel that 
their politics are okay, but not necessarily the overall scheme of the word itself, too. And, and just for, you know, your example that you're bringing out, Celia. And, right. And their perspective for what they feel Toonami is about, because that's the, how they perceive it. And then when this when it actually comes to light, well, this is what Toonami has been about really since the beginning, but their own perspective is just different then they get angry or defensive of their own perspective. Mm-hmm. Right. I think, I think the thing that I definitely want us to like really kind of end it on a strong note, I guess, so to say when it comes to about gatekeeping anime is kind of the personal stories that our esteemed colleagues have about it, as well as the best way to combat it. Because if there's one thing that I think is super important and I'm glad that it happened with this more recent, you know, debate that spurred because of one Twitter account about it is that a lot of people were calling it out. They were calling out the terrible behavior. They were calling out the kind of just really weird type of backpedaling as well as like other statements that this person was, was uh, spouting very nonsensical as well. Um, and it was really uh, good that people weren't letting, you know, this person co off easy, kind of like how, Back in the day, a lot of people would just be like, eh, just ignore it. You know, they're just wanting all this, you know, attention, things like that. And I'm not saying they're, it's not wrong to always ignore those types of things. I know I certainly didn't, you know, quote, t- tweet and like comment on the person because I felt a lot of people were already doing enough. But I am glad that we, at least for me personally, that we're moving away because I'll be honest with you, I love calling out uh jerks <laughs> i'm trying to you know, i'm trying to you know keep yourself composed cj you got this <laughs> um i really really like exposing uh people who are generally not nice because i have no qualms about that i try to be a nice person i try to be as best as i can be i have nothing to really hide when it comes to assholeish tendencies all i want is my pokemon games if i had my way i would just be doing that and no one would ever see the living life of me <laughs> at all um so i really really enjoy that we call out bad behavior and we make an example as to why it's not good. You know, I have can say, and then this was said before the podcast started and things like that. I never really ran into any type of situation like this. I really didn't because me being the arrogant prick that I am, I would easily go to someone who was like, Oh, you're not a real fan. If you like this, be like, Oh, okay. Well, F you then I'm just going to go over here and just, enjoy my own thing and because of how sheltered i was with my anime fandom it was okay with enjoying it by myself i was a-okay i was go home watch rave master watch bobo Bo, watch satch bell and i never talked to anyone about it i just watched i was like yo this is sick i can't wait to see the next week's episode i'm just saying that to myself i didn't need to talk about it with other people i had other interests too like i played basketball i played soccer so i got to talk about you know sports yay you know i I don't even really pay attention to sports much anymore. Um, but uh, I was just, you know, I was able to, I was fine by myself. I'm, CJ, I'm very happy. CJ, let me blow your mind. I bet a lot of those people you played basketball with also watched those shows. It's funny you say that because uh, a couple of them watched Samurai Champloo and Adult Swim. And we had a field day talking about that. It was fun. But that's what I'm saying, right? I had, I was just as content enjoying these shows by myself that I was fine. I, I I was really fine. And then, you know, I had that little inkling of Samurai Champloo, which was like, oh, that's really sick that we could talk about it, even though I knew like so much more anime. I was like, oh, this is so cool. We get to talk about Champloo. It's one of my favorite animes. And, you know, I, I see the more positive stuff when it comes to being part of a community. 
such as the people that are on this podcast with me. I enjoy getting to talk anime with them. I enjoy getting to bitch about certain things about like this show or that show or, you know, compliment how, you know, Black Clover is just the best thing. Chad Asta. There's nothing I love more than talking with V-Lord about the Chad that is Asta. It brings my heart so much joy because I love Black Clover. Um, I enjoy getting to talk about, you know, gotcha games with friends, right? I never really had anyone say, you're not a real gotcha fan if you don't like this game, you know, or you're not a real anime fan if you don't like this. You know, I never had that experience. You're not a real gotcha fan if you have any money left. <laughs> That's the real thing. That's the... Uh, Goddamn but, uh, whales. I, hey, now. Hey, now. I'm one of them. Don't, don't be mean to me. I want to oh, gun you so too. much! <laughs> You need but, to free uh, the whales, guys. All right. Reel it back. Reel it back. But I never had that experience. And so for me, it's very new when someone tries to gatekeep when I see it. It's just so weird. So I, I open up the floor. I will start with laser, senior, or not age before beauty, as they say. <laughs> uh, I mean, but I, and wow, and God, he's old. He uh, is yeah. not that okay. Uh, back in my day, you wanted but to play like, video games. You had to blow on the cartridges. Well, geez, I'm the one who's like the old fogey now, considering I'm the one who likes physical video game media. Switching out game cartridges. Oh no! Um, don't but, blow uh, on your cartridges. It's bad. It gets no. Crisp. Don't do it. Yeah. Funny, but we all That's did. We all did because we were some kids. Uh, you get spit on your games. But Laser, like, tell me about your personal experience with this and ways that you've been able to kind of combat it. And please, if it's anything that is like very violent or bad, just feel free to be like, you know, I just I just, you know, I I did some yeah. stuff. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I mentioned probably one of the bigger instances, but I mean, I, I'd run into stuff here and there. I think one of the more fun ones for me personally was a, a group of people who were doing fan subs online and they were like, yeah, calculate how great of an anime fan you are by how many fan subs you have, and then how many they 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 rigged it so that uh, if you had a lot of fan sub, uh, one fan sub was worth like twelve DVDs. But I'm sitting over here going, "Do you have any idea how many anime DVDs I have, sir?" <laughs> <laughs> so I got I kind of got to break their system back on them, but that it's always fun to kind of get it'll be a little smoke, but I can't say I recommend it. Mm-mm. Um confrontational wise what i actually think the best thing to do with with these people is honestly it's sort of like with the trolls don't feed the trolls don't feed the gatekeepers you 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 look you leave them alone and you go create a community that's welcoming and eventually either they're going to get sick in their own little mud pile and you know realize hey there's open communities out there or they'll sit in their mud pile and be miserable and you can't be worried about them. You you gotta. You, there's too many awesome anime fans out there to waste time going. I need to fight this guy because who's gonna win that fight? Me. I win the fight. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Why am I not this surprised? <laughs> uh, no, I'd seize. I, I do. I do take credence to what you're saying too, because I've also learned. You know, sometimes it's best not to hit send. Sometimes it's best not to say anything. <laughs> write the draft. Write the draft. Write the fuck out of the draft. That's fine. Oh, it's it's definitely hard. Like I said, I had a situation where I totally did, and they're just like, "Oh, you have that many DVDs? What?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah." <laughs> yeah but it, it, it probably wasn't the most mature thing for me to do. Right. 
It must have felt at least a little, little nice. Oh, it felt great. I'm not gonna lie. But... <laughs> Catch, what, what about your, what about yourself? Um, I can't imagine anyone actually gatekeeping you, considering the kind of, you know, prominent voice you've had when it comes to fan anime, fan appreciation when it comes to animation, whether it be cartoons or anime. So I'm curious if it has happened to you, what would you say is the best way to kind of combat that behavior? If somebody wants to gatekeep me, they can look at my my anime list and see I've watched <laughs> over 11,000 episodes. <laughs> and half of it is One Piece. No. <laughs> Just most of it. I've only seen about half of One Piece. Well, a little more than half at this point. Uh... You know, I mean, I first got into anime when I was in junior high and I had my select group of friends that I would talk about anime with. And, you know, we we were just the weirdos. <laughs> even when I got into high school, even though there were plenty of people that liked Dragon Ball Z and some other stuff, I was still generally considered a weirdo, kept to my small group of friends, whatever. On the Internet, I mean, it's open season, but it's... <laughs> I, I I I don't know the. I don't think I've ever really experienced gatekeeping directed at me. I've seen gatekeeping in front of me, and either acknowledged it or ignored it. But yeah, no, nobody's really tried to gatekeep me. Uh, I I must admit that at times because I'm a little mm, overly enthusiastic about the likelihood of shows showing up on Toonami that I occasionally shout down somebody's opinion just because I don't think that they're right in any way. (laughs) Sketch is telling you about when I said high school of the dead and he said, no, no, that I'm telling you the time that you said Toradora. And I said, I think it's happening, buddy, (laughs) but you you certainly can dream. I mean, anything. (laughs) Anything's possible, really. <laughs> Anything's possible. Uh, I, I think uh, one kind of form of gatekeeping that I see going around in the Toonami community that I wanted to bring up is, you know, some of those old old hats, they don't really like what Toonami's doing anymore. And some might say that they're really no longer Toonami fans, but if they want to consider themselves a Toonami fan, even if they don't like what Toonami's doing now, I'm, I mean, sure, why not? My opinion is, don't let other people define your fandom for you. Mm, like, Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't care part. if anybody else likes One Piece. I love One Piece. <laughs> if somebody else Heck wants yeah. to love it too, cool. If somebody doesn't want to love it, fine. I mean, I hope they give it a shot at least, but it's like there was a time on our own website where during the time when we uh, focused a little too much on ratings, uh, somebody would constantly troll the comments being like, oh, get rid of One Piece. It's doing so bad. And I'd like, oh, I like remember that. Sometimes I would respond like, you know, every week that One Piece is still here, just you lose. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Which I is uh, not not very uh, not not a very grown up thing to do, but you know, at at the end of the day, I decided I don't care if this person doesn't like One Piece; they could shout it to the rooftops for all I care. I I still like One Piece. I still like Toonami, and you don't have to like something's current form to be a fan of it. So, whatever reason you want to consider yourself a fan of something, that's fine. 
You shouldn't let other people tell you that you're not a fan if you consider yourself one. Just don't let other people define your fandom and don't define fandom for other people. It's as simple as that. Mm. And it's funny too. A lot of uh, big streamers that I watch on Twitch actually say the same thing. Uh, as recent as even today, where someone was uh, crapping on the video game Valorant, and they're like, "But don't take my word. Like that's just my opinion. Like don't let big streamers tell you how to feel about certain games. Form your own opinions." So I'm like, "Yeah," and I, I do agree with Sketch. Like that is a very very important aspect where I think people are letting others kind of define what the fandom is. Like the gatekeepers are thinking that these new fans coming in are defining their medium, when it's like, no, it's it's the same thing. It never really changed. It's still anime. You still get the anime goodness, like the cool um, animation actions, action sequences you get in like Outlaw Star are showing up in like Demon Slayer. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it, it it's all connected. It's really good, you know. Uh, but Paul, what about yourself then? Because I can only imagine that you've ever been that you've never been gatekeeped. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. You know, the kind of the point I was trying to make earlier is, is sometimes I feel like trolling and gatekeeping get mixed in where we think one is the other. You know what I mean? Um, I'm trying to think, I mean, to kind of sketch his point, like I've kind of had to, with both trolling and gatekeeping, I've, I've, I've kind of tried to. Just the gatekeeping, please, good sir. Uh, like trolling for dessert and to go. I've kind of had to, with the help of Sketch and other people that have been part of this website, you know, I've curtailed myself to just now nothing. It takes a lot to bother me when it comes to social media. And if, and I know this might sound crude, but if it gets too much where people just do what I call a circle conversation, I just, I just mute them at that point because I don't want to be an asshole, but at the same time, if you keep saying the same thing because your point is, is king and I, and you know, even though it's wrong, <laughs> you know, you're just, you're just going to keep going around and around and around. I just mute you at that point. Cause I just can't, I just can't like, <laughs> I just can't let that affect me anymore. One thing. Gatekeeping I, think wise, I think that's a good thing to do. You know, yeah. I think it's, really important where if something like that is bothering like let's say if any listener here was being gatekeeped by someone sometimes it's good to just walk away yeah just just walk away i mean honestly that's my best advice is just kind of just move away from social media at that point and just give yourself some breathing room because true social media and, and, sucks and, and here especially with twitter like you can't take it seriously twitter is not real life Real life is completely different than you talking to somebody on, on Twitter. Because let me tell you something, that person that you're talking to could be a two-year-old. I'm exaggerating, but you understand what I'm <laughs> saying. Like, you know, it could be, I could, as, as somebody that's going to be 37 in a couple months, I could be talking to somebody that's 16 years old and Boy, knows I feel, nothing. I feel called out right now, Paul. Jesus. <laughs> but I mean, I just, I've just learned to not let it affect me. Because if I let it affect me, it just takes away from my my mental health and it stresses me out and I can't do that. Oh, no, and I think that's very important because it does. I think gatekeeping can affect people's mental health in a sense of where all of a sudden they're being pushed out and they're like, well, wait, I like this too, but no one wants to really like... They, they want that feeling of community. They want that feeling of being a part of something and being pushed out of there, I think, does more harm than good. I really do. So when that happens, I think it is best 
to kind of just walk away and then maybe go a different avenue. You know, I, I think it's super important with that. Um, v Lord, V Lord, V Lord. He's he's he's. I haven't heard from you. I haven't heard from my son. Where is he? I'm, where, I'm right where, here. Where? I'm right here, Dad. V-Lord. I'm Come sure home, he was Dad. sleeping, probably. No, I was just muting so Paul could talk. <laughs> but V Lord, V Lord, um, about your like experience with gatekeeping if you've experienced it and what would you say is the best way to kind of attack that type of behavior yeah so i've been more of a witness of gatekeeping rather than a victim of it i feel um i mentioned the demon slayer example before but i think the other one that kind of really sticks with me is actually the gatekeeping in like the jojo fandom Um, wait really yeah i think it might be less bad now but there was a point where like especially when jojo was getting really big people would tend to kind of shut out fans or people that are getting into it that are like oh skipping x parts of jojo or don't like certain things or the jojo references or all that stuff and it actually got to the point where i just kind of disassociated myself from jojo for quite a while just because like it was such a negative scene that just kind of upset me whenever i saw someone like that is genuinely trying to enjoy this show that i really want people to enjoy but then other people are just like kind of putting them down making them feel unwelcome it's it's depressing i never actually knew that for jojo because like i i felt like jojo the only kind of negative thing that i felt with jojo was more so about how they felt their anime was just so much better than it, or their franchise was so much better than all the others. I never really saw that them not wanting more fans, really. That's crazy to me. Yeah, I mean, I think it helps with JoJo, and I think there are quite a few fans that do this, that, like, there are positive voices that are there in those fandoms. Like, I know quite a few people on Twitter that, like, are really inclusive and welcoming in the JoJo fandom. And I think that's something that we really have to do that I think kind of combat gatekeeping championing those positive voices so that those negative voices and those people that are trying to make others feel unwelcome don't have a platform to stand on and i think like i've been lucky enough growing up and like being the youngest one here being 22 like there were already quite a few people in the anime community that were already kind of being sources of positivity like i think i've mentioned this probably on a recording before but when I was in grade school, I used to lurk Toon Zone. And who would I see on Toon Zone? <laughs> Sketch. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're telling me Sketch was inviting and wonderful? Oh, well, so that. I'm sure there's probably posts probably on Toon Zone that... Uh, <laughs> well, no, okay. There are posts on Toon Zone that, Sketch, you're probably embarrassed about. But I'd say compared to a lot of people at the time, you were pretty sensible. I'll take it. Yeah, and I think having voices like that... I think definitely helped shape my mindset of like, for one, not being demeaned by other people for my own opinions, and also trying to be the type of person that is willing to welcome others into what I like. Do you think it's a coincidence that both Paul and Sketch have worked together as long as they have? Hmm? Hmm? Just throwing that one out there. I just haven't gotten around to killing him yet. (laughs) <laughs> hey now i was gonna say that because he loved me but i guess not all right i'm just playing the long game <laughs> i mean okay. so one other thing i also want to mention more yeah, focused yeah. on this podcast is that like 
I was a listener of the podcast, like all the way back in the Jose years. Whoa, and like, no way. I was always very happy that like Paul, Jose and Sketch were always kind of talking about Tanami in a very sensible way. They weren't trying to kind of shut people out. And I felt like you guys built up a very welcoming community. And like, huh. I feel the podcast in tangible Tanami helped me get back into anime and get more interested in anime again. Mm-hmm. And that's why early in this podcast, I went on that, you know, soliloquy about Getch and Paul uh, and, and Jose and Darrell and Jim and what they were building because I was, enter- I entered in, right? I never felt more welcomed. Like with a group full of strangers I've never met in person, right? Like I, I never had that. Like I know people have been able to build relationships and, you know, communities online, but I never really had that. And then, like, they opened up my eyes in a way that I hate and love at the same time. <laughs> but like I said, they did the opposite. You could say that they were, in a sense, gatekeeping. And I'm, don't, and I'm actually not saying this negatively at all. They had a decision to make. And they actually allowed, like, they were allowing people to come in. Like, the gates were open. They were like, let them in, let them in, you know, and I, I, I don't think Paul Sketch, Darrell, Jose, Jim, or even all of us on this podcast and all of us together get enough credit for that. I think that is the most important aspect that they've been able to kind of provide throughout the years from 2012 to now. I don't think, especially Paul, considering he's the co-founder of this freaking enterprise, you know. I don't think he gets enough credit for that. I, I, I honestly think he needs to get more credit for that. You know, not to blow up his ego. I'm sure we're we're doing that enough. But, <laughs> but no, like, I think that's super important. Like, and we'll toss it to, to Celia on the last kind of point. Celia, do, being like the newer member of our staff, don't you see that? Like, I, I have to think that you see at least what I'm kind of like trying to drive home about when it comes to the welcoming part and them doing the opposite of what, the general sense of gatekeeping seems to always look at. I do. And especially because like managing the social media, I definitely see a lot of people's hot takes and I see a lot of people's criticism, but the fact that they feel like they can express those without feeling like they have to immediately jump to being really aggressive about it tells me that the community that has been built up is a place where people can disagree. You know what I mean? Like that's really important. Mm -hmm. Even if you have a, a community that stays really positive all the time, that also runs the risk of being too insular for we are only positive and we don't accept any negative input mm. or negative feedback at all. Um, so I think the fact that you see a good mix of all of that on our social media pages tells me that the community is welcoming enough where people feel like they can. Okay, you should know, you so- feel welcome with your last article? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I love in jokes. I, do. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, anim- anime fans in particular can be very intense. <laughs> they can be I like very intense about the things very that they passionate. love. I, I like to think me and sketches or sketch and I's intense uh, arguments are like pillow fights. It can get interesting. I've, I mean, I've definitely seen things. I've been an anime fan since 2003, you know, and I've been on the internet for a good portion of that. So I've definitely seen a lot of it. Um, And each community, I think, has its own just like quirks to it. And you have people within your community that stand out for the things that they do for it, both good and bad. 
Um, and I think it's really says a lot for what work has been put into this community in particular, that mm -hmm. it's for one thing, even still around and constantly growing. Yeah, mm. we, we, we've gotten a lot of children sketching, Paul, haven't we? I mean, mm. our, our approach has always been, um, we need more people. Get them in here. Get them in here. <laughs> He's not kidding. As, as I love to say, wait, CJ, you're going to take the editor-in-chief role? Make it a hostile takeover. Please, hostile takeover me right now. Hostile takeover. Okay. Well, that's what those were sketches words, not mine. <laughs> I remember well, sketches, that sketches is a little bit of a is a is a little bit of a closet pervert, but we're not going to talk about that. No. Um, yeah, see, <laughs> a closet pervert. I mean, what are you? <laughs> what are you even getting at? I'm he very did scared. say we. He did say we need to go looter earlier that's, in this episode, guys. That's true. It's not exactly. In your closet. I was I was just quoting Amagi Brilliant Park, but yeah, were you actually? I love that yeah. show. I need to rewatch that. Okay. Um, I mean, sometimes, sometimes it, it, I guess the way that I put it is you wouldn't, some people don't, wouldn't see sketch like, you know, doing the things like saying some of the things that he does sometimes. And it's kind of oh, a shot where you're just like, Oh, if I, only they looked at my watch list. <laughs> so wait a minute. Are we going to play the game? Uh, was it sketch or was it Darrell who said it? <laughs> Paul, let's not, let's not play that game. Oh, uh, it's so quiet now. No, um, but yeah, uh, go, as go far ahead. as as tsunami fandom goes, uh, I think there has been a certain amount of gatekeeping, and that uh, people might get the idea that oh, there only can be a couple of tsunami fandom things, or there can only be one tsunami fandom thing, and I, I think that's ridiculous. People, people could do what they want. And hopefully they put out good content. I mean, that's all I really care about. <laughs> if you're going to just put your put effort into things and hopefully it pans out. But I like I never want to shout down anybody who wants to start up their own thing. I'm fully supportive of all that. And I am happy to pop up wherever to, you know, I don't know. No. Just to yeah. show up. Yeah, Sketch yeah. Is, a, is a tsunami whore, just so you guys know. I mean... I feel like we all are, to be to be mm. fair. Maybe maybe myself more than 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 you, to be fair. But um, but yeah, um, guys, for those who are listening to this podcast, what have you what have your experiences with this? Have you been gatekeep before? What do you think is the best way to combat it? I would love to hear. Make sure to tell us on our social media pages at Tsunami Podcast as well as Tsunami News. Celia will see it all. She'll probably say all kinds of. It'll be like CJ. What have you? sent my way please don't ever do that again it's fine but it's kind of one of the things where it's something i find very odd that i really can't relate to it because i've never really had that type of experience it's only been something that i've seen and i feel a thousand times better knowing that you know celia who's you know newer to our staff community and things along those lines feels invited i'm glad laser who started out as a community member who now works with us felt uh invited and love the camaraderie v lord the things he said to about like sketch from his you know uh early days as you know a forum writer and things along those lines and again paul doesn't get enough credit for what he and jose and Darrell and sketch and jim were able to build i really I, I really don't think it can't be understated that unlike what a lot of or what this you know particular twitter user did paul did the opposite 
but you don't see anyone really kind of giving him thanks for that. So I applaud you, Paul. Thank you. It's, I mean, the goal of TunamiFable.com all along has been to bring the community together and to basically mm-hmm. take ideas from people and, you know, just run with it. You know, for example, I, Colt does, does the ratings. Yeah. You know, Daniel does the, does the trending and, you know, it's those things have continued throughout the, you know, the course of this website. So it's, you know, it, it's, it's been an inclusive environment and it will continue to be that way, you know? And like, but like I said, unlike what these gatekeepers tend to do, you did the opposite. And I hope that isn't lost on whether it be our listeners, future listeners, readers, future readers, and everything in between. But on that note, I think we've said everything that we can, and I cannot thank our guests enough. So we will do a little house cleaning. You can email us at or podcast at tunamifaithful.com. Follow us on facebook.com slash podcast and on Twitter at podcast. You can listen to the podcast on just about everything, including iTunes, Google Music, Spotify, Anchor, literally anything that hosts a podcast you will find the Tsunami Faithful podcast. You can find every episode of the podcast to stream online at soundcloud.com slash Tsunami Faithful podcast and get the latest news by following Tsunami News on Twitter, read our news articles, our reviews, and views on the block themselves. And do not forget to su- subscribe to the Tsunami Faithful Pass at patreon.com slash Tsunami Faithful where you will be seeing all different types of things, whether they be interviews, behind-the-scenes footage from our latest documentary, all the things that we want to provide for our fans. So definitely check that out if you're interested. Uh, V-Lord, where could our lovely listeners find you? Way too many places. Um, <laughs> first off, Twitter. Um, I'm on there at VLordGTZ. Then I also write various... Uh, reviews of manga and light novels for all-comic.com and then also editorials for Tsunami Faithful. So check out all those. Then I do way too many podcasts. Um, Oversoul Shaman King podcast, Dumb Weebs podcast with Laser, and then the big one, Demon Slayer podcast on Twitter at Demon Slayer podcast. Or not. On Twitter at D Slayer podcast. My brain is just dead, apparently. But hey, it's uh, been a long podcast, buddy. You deserve a little <laughs> break. But I'm I'm really happy. Demon Slayer podcast has finally crossed 4.4k. Um, we keep growing somehow. I don't know why, but I'm really happy about it. So mm-hmm. go listen to it. Yeah, we're good. And, and in Everyone, some aspects, it's doing better than this podcast. Yeah, but <laughs> let me say this: a lot of us that are on this podcast can be found on V Lord's podcast too. So. Yeah. We're, we're never too far from these types of things. I also uh, Laz- have another project coming out next oh month. Oh my god, <laughs> lord. Dap. How? How? I'm not editing it. Don't worry. That's <laughs> uh, how. I can't. <sighs> Sketches. Is it okay? Are you, are you going to be alright, buddy? Well, uh, how can I pass off this podcast to V-Lord if he keeps adding podcasts? <laughs> <laughs> So I, I guess I should expect something in the mail soon about this sketch. I'm joking, mostly. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Laser, uh, before we lose more members, where can they find you? Uh, well, people can find me on Twitter at LaserKidPrime. 
And uh, as mentioned, you can find me on the Dumb Weebs podcast. Uh, and you can find my editorials on Dumb Faithful, which has been very fun to do. Oh, well then. I was expecting like 5,000 podcasts like Velour. What the hell? Uh, well, I mean, I'm sometimes on the Demon Slayer podcast, but I don't know if I should list that because I'm, really? that's I am sometimes, and sometimes I'm not. You're He's a semi-regular host. You were on the most recent episode. That's true. Uh, Celia, where could our listeners find you? You can find me on Twitter at Planet Twinkle and on my Facebook page at Celia Rose Cosplay. Uh, and you can also find me on all the Toonami social media pages. Anytime you tag us or reply to any of our tweets or posts, I see them all. She does. <laughs> uh, Sketch, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Sketch1984. That, that's it? You're not going to hype up your latest editorial that you talk about uh, the problem with sticking with Dragon Ball Super? Okay. okay. Well, I mean, if you really want me to, I had yeah. thoughts. I had thoughts about how just it. We we tried to be more of a, a critical al- analysis as opposed to just bitching. <laughs> but it definitely started as just bitching because I was like, "CJ, I want to whine about Dragon Ball," and he's like, "No, fine." So yeah, I had thoughts on uh, just. What are some potential other options for Toonami other than continuing to rely on Dragon Ball? And uh, the crux of the article is to maybe focus on those original series and more obscure anime that seem to have kind of been uh, looked over over the years that do surprisingly well on Toonami despite that. So if you want to give that a read, it's on ToonamiFaithful.com. Definitely recommend reading it. It is a wonderful analysis. Some stuff that I didn't even think of that Sketch really, you know, helped his argument. And I even helped his argument, especially with the movie part. I love that. And uh, that conversation of like, wait, why? Like, if you don't like or if you're always afraid that Super isn't leading the block, why don't you have it lead off movies? Right. And Sketch was like, wait a minute. That's a brilliant thought, CJ. Like, yeah, it was it was great. It was it was honestly a very fun process to work with Sketch on. So it was it was it was such a fun read. Definitely check it out. Our editorial uh, kind of staff has been absolutely killing it. So I cannot recommend looking at that uh, article enough. Uh, Paul, where could our listeners find you? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Paul Biscrillo. You can email me Paul Biscrillo at tsunamifaithful.com. Uh, you can summon me to the field, so to speak, <laughs> on Discord using at Paul Biscrillo and I it does work. Respond. It does it work. It does work. Yeah. It does yeah. work. Even, even when you don't tag me, sometimes <laughs> yeah. I say it, I'm like, excuse me, what can I do for you? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's about it. You can also hear me on um, two strangers, one podcast. So make sure you guys uh, listen to that podcast as well. Mm-hmm. And you can find me on Twitter at CJ Maffris. You can find me playing Pokemon for over 1200 hours. And you can see all my articles on ToonamiFaithful.com. Should have a review coming up this week. It might be a little late. I'm not going to lie on that. But also, 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 please, if you have not already, I'm going to promote this probably all here. Please check out the recent documentary that Toonami Faithful did of what Toonami means to me. It was a labor of love and one of the most uh one of the most proudest moments I've ever had working on a project. It was, it was, it still blows me away of how much uh, people 
uh, still talk about it to congratulate myself and the rest of Tsunami Faithful staff who helped out making such a wonderful piece. I hope you guys have checked it out on our YouTube and our Facebook page at Tsunami Faithful Official on YouTube and or no Tsunami Faithful Official on Facebook and Tsunami Faithful on YouTube. And if you are a subscriber to the Tsunami Faithful Pass, you'll be getting all the interviews unedited for your listening pleasure. Uh, we do once a month. We had Jen Losi last month, and we are going to be producing another one for this month that I, I guess I can announce now since it's really not a big secret or anything. We'll be doing Bill Butts' interview. Uh, his was one that I cannot stress enough was such a wonderful, wonderful time talking with him, especially about the myriad of topics, whether it be about the cool things about Tsunami, current events that were going on in the country at the time, as well as just how uh inviting and welcoming the vo community is you know they don't gatekeep their own community huh interesting how that works right uh but definitely check those out when they become available on the on our patreon page and i hope you guys have been able to enjoy all the types of stuff that we've been able to put out involving the documentary this year it's been a worthwhile endeavor uh, and on that note, I cannot thank this roundtable enough. This was probably one of the first times where things didn't become just a cluster F of us just talking over one another. It was a wonderful time. And I really hope that our listeners really take home the message of what we're trying to say. Don't gatekeep. Don't tell people what they are or what they aren't. Let them enjoy what they want to enjoy. If they just want to watch Dragon Ball, that's fine. If they just want to watch uh, Assassination Classroom on Toonami, that's also fine. It's fun we're all fans and it makes us all special so hopefully you enjoyed the listen and can't wait to talk to you guys again thank you <laughs>